James. Thank you for your faithfulness, for praying for me. I'm praying for you. Turn into James, the fourth chapter. Pray for the services on Sunday. Believe in God's going to move in a special way. Am I the only one? Amen. Amen. We're excited about it. There will be no Easter egg hunt this year or any other year. Amen. I thank God we're just going to stay with the Bible like we always do. Amen. Somebody said, oh, at our church, we're going to give away some of those palms. And I said, well, this was somebody in my family, so I had a little bit more liberty, not, not close family. But I said, well, go ahead and read a little bit farther. The same people that had those palms there on that day, they were shouting crucify him just a few days later. So uh, don't do that. Amen. James, the fourth chapter, but I thank God. We just want to worship God in spirit and in truth. Amen. Father, we love you. Thank you for your word. Thank you, God. So important that we have a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. God, in this day that we live in with so much confusion, so much darkness, God, so much, Lord God, form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. God, I ask you to help us. Lord, to be hungry for more of you. Bless your people, Lord. God, draw us unto you. Draw us closer to you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. James 4, verse 8 says, Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. God bless you. You can be seated. So much just in the worship, the song Sister Katie had picked for tonight, and the testimonies, uh, Something that uh, was sung here in the one song tonight. I don't have all the answers to the questions of life. Brother Christopher talking about having so many questions and others here tonight. Some similar things that, that were said. Praise God. Listen, we don't have all the answers sometimes. But I want to encourage you to draw near to God. Back up a little bit in this chapter 4 of James says, from whence, or we might say, from where come wars and fightings among you? I know we're angry at the devil, but you know what? Sometimes what James is saying here is more true. He said, come they not hence even of your lusts that war in your members. You know what he's saying? He's saying, sometimes my troubles are my own dumb fault. Amen. Sometimes I'm not praying like I ought to. Sometimes I'm not as serious and dedicated to God like I should be and... And I start to reap a little bit of my carnality, of my lazy, spiritual laziness, if you will. A lot of times uh, when we are separated from God, I was sharing with somebody what condemnation really means. And condemnation really isn't a whole lot different than depression. Because condemnation means I know I ought to be living right. I know there's some things in my life that aren't pleasing to God, but I'm not living in a way that I know is best. And that puts a a rift in my relationship. If, If there was something done wrong to you and you just ignored it and let it go, but there'd be that uncomfortableness just hanging in the air when we were together. And people are feeling that because they, God loves us and God's been good to us. But so often... We're going our own way, and and we know in the back of our mind, God's right there all along, right there in that still, small voice. And we ignore it, we push it away, and we do our own thing. But that guilty conscience, Spirit of God just dealing with you. 
saying, come on, you were made for better than this. Come on, there's more for you than this. Listen to this. He says, you lust or you want and you have not. You kill and desire to have. You cannot obtain, can never be satisfied. The more I, more I make, the more less I have, the more I try to, try to find pleasure, the, the more empty I feel. Does anybody remember Ecclesiastes where Solomon, a very rich man, he had the opportunity to have so much money he could go after everything and anything that his heart desired. And he, he, he had a, a, well, kind of a thousand wives. Some of them were concubines and all that, but, but, and he had all great buildings and he had all the best music. And without God, he said, it just is vanity. It's emptiness. It's nothing. He says, vexation of spirit. At the end of the day, I just feel like, like something's missing. I feel it's just working on me. Amen. He says, you ask and receive. Let's see. He says, you, you have not because you ask not. And then he goes on and says, you ask and receive not because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your own lusts. He goes on and says, you adulterers and adulteresses. Now, the Bible is very clear about adultery. But I believe this goes a little bit deeper. It takes that idea of adultery and says, you know what? I love you and I, I want to, you to be dedicated to me, but you've been cheating on me. Right. You've been going your way and seeking after so many things that don't satisfy. Right. And he says, you know, friendship with the world is enmity or it's, it's against, it's, it's hatred with God. Whosoever therefore will be the friend of the world is the enemy of God. Right. But you drop down there to verse 8 and he says, draw nigh to God. And he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. When you begin to seek God. See, we have so many questions. We have initially when we are in this world and just looking for answers and, and we come up empty and we come up just sometimes things go good for us for a while, but, but we know it's, it's just not satisfying. I've told you this many times uh, for the sake of some that maybe haven't heard me say it before. I've, I've talked to a lot of people about God uh, and over the years and so many times I've, gotten together with people sometimes at my job you know they'll make fun of you and uh i've been called holy man a lot and uh you know so many different things that that people try to uh try to just mock a little bit but then then after a while they come around and maybe when nobody else is around and and i've told many people i said you know what whatever you're going after whatever you're seeking after it's drugs it's alcohol it's the parties it's money whatever it is at the end of the day when it's just you laying your head on that pillow. Praise the Lord. I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of folks can't live with themselves. A lot of folks can't handle that. I think a lot of what is diagnosed in this world, I'm, I'm not just painting a broad brush. I'm not just trying to say everybody and everything is all, all the same. But there's a lot of people that have been given some kind of diagnosis. But really what it is, it's that emptiness and loneliness and that vexation of spirit. Where they know they're... They need something and they're not sure what it is. Hey, I'm going to tell you, it's God. God makes the difference. Amen. And sometimes we have a lot of questions. Can I tell you, God can handle that. I know sometimes I run into people and oh, I've got these questions. God's got answers. But understand one thing, no matter how many questions you have about God and 
and who he is and and maybe some of the details of what it means to be a Christian or what it means to 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 just live this life, what God's will is for your life. Sometimes we get so bogged down in that. And I just want to encourage somebody here today. Just seek God. Just seek God. Just lay all your questions down and start taking steps toward him. And you'll find out very quickly that he's been seeking you all along. It says in the book of Luke that the son of man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. So God is maybe the one that's putting some questions in your mind. Making you realize I don't have answers. I'm not as strong as I would hope to be. And God, God just deals with us so patiently. Aren't you glad? It's okay that you have questions. It's okay that you just don't understand everything. I don't know how many people here. I wouldn't stand up. I just happen to be standing. But I said, stand up. And if you think you think you got it all figured out. Oh, you know what? I've been studying the Bible a long time, and I know a lot of a lot of uh, uh, you know where the books are and and what they say. But but when it comes down to applying it to your marriage, to your home, to situations that come up in your life, we're still all still learning. We're all still growing. You don't have to be someone that acts like you just have every answer. But the wise thing would be in. I'm not saying don't have questions and don't seek answers, but seek him first. Start taking steps toward God. Because sometimes what's happening is we start asking so many questions that really are just a distraction. The bigger things. The bigger things. Really, the biggest thing is, is you having a friendship with God, having a relationship with him. I know this is very basic, but I believe when it's all said and done, every one of us is going to be able to get something out of this. But let me just stay right here where we are. Listen, whatever it might be, reach out to God. Talk to him. The Bible says in Hebrews, the 11th chapter, verse 6, without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. But listen to this. Maybe even somebody today, you're saying, well, I, I... I, I, okay, I have questions about that. I'm not really sure about some of this. But listen to what he said. He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. I love that about God. See, you've got to understand God's not hiding from you. He's trying to get your attention. Sometimes I wonder why it takes so long because he's right there. You know, sometimes it's his goodness. The Bible says his goodness will lead you to repentance, to lead you to repentance. Where you, you'd be honest with yourself. You'd like to pat yourself on the back and you'd like for people to say, wow. But inside, you know, some of these blessings I don't deserve. Some of these things that have happened, that's just got to be God. I'll tell you this, sometimes God allows some bad into our lives. And you know, you can do all you want to shake your fist at God and say, God, why are you letting this happen to me? But maybe he's let that in your life so that you say, God, I realize I need help. You know, you needed help before the problem. You needed help 
Again, Solomon, we talked about it before. Solomon was a king. He was a son of David, a great man of God. And Dave, and, and he must have seen his dad rule and reign and got a lot of good advice and prayer from his dad. But when God talked to him in a dream and said, can I help you out with anything? He didn't say, I want a lot of money or I want victory over my enemies. But he said, can I have wisdom? He didn't say, let me live a long, long time. But he said, can you just take a hold of my hand? I just feel like a child. I, I need somebody to lead me around sometimes. I got a lot to do in this world. He wasn't up against an enemy. He wasn't in a big trial. But he recognized how weak he was. And God said, I like that answer. So we all need God in, in this life. Sometimes things go our way and we feel like we're, we're good without him. But, but then trouble comes and you can say, well, there's a God. Why? Why would he let this happen to me? Maybe he's letting you see how incredibly weak you are so that you do reach out to him and he can fill your life and fulfill your life right. and show you what it really means to be alive. Right. Because up to this point, as you were just cruising through life and everything was going your way, you weren't really living. You're going through the motions, surviving. But life, life really, you talk about eternal life, that means to be with God. He is life. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Praise God. I remember asking a pastor years ago when I was young about, about uh, how the Bible talks about sin and was talking to Adam and said, the day that you eat this, you shall die. And I said, you know what? He went on to live so long after that. And I remember the pastor saying, you know what? To be separated from God is death. Because he is life. You're not really living until you have that close fellowship with him. How many know it's the truth? How many know that when you got God just living in you and dwelling in you, that that now life is, is an abundant life. But sometimes we feel like we're surviving really good and we got our mind made up. I'll make it. I don't need anything. And then something happens in your life and you say, I, I really was wrong. I was lying to myself. And God just wants you to reach out to him and say, I'll help you. Right. See, life is going to there's going to be some problems, whether you like it or not. There's going to be some trouble ahead. It'd be better to to recognize you need help now than later. Right. Amen. 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 He is a rewarder of them that diligently Seek him. It's okay that you have questions. It's okay that you don't understand everything. Amen. It's okay that that uh, you're still trying to figure a lot of things out and and maybe some of the details. But you know what? Just just go ahead and seek God. Just go ahead and put all that. Don't let that be an excuse. Don't let that be some kind of cop out that that makes you miss out on one more day of just getting closer to him. Because you know what's going to happen? He's just going to hold you and love you. Amen. I know maybe somebody made you feel like you can't have a relationship until you got it all figured out on what everything is. But no, that's not the truth. He's so good. He'll hold you and he'll love you and, and, and he'll guide you into all truth. He'll teach you. He'll teach you. Sometimes the answer is right in front of us all along. Sometimes when we're saying, God, why don't you do this and why don't you do that? And if you were really there and if you were really loved me or if this was really true and all along, it's just right there. He says, you draw nigh to me and I'll draw nigh to you. 
Sometimes we just have to ask ourselves a question in life. This is, like, like I said, very basic, but we have to ask ourselves, is there something that I'm neglecting that God has just already put in front of me? And I'm not even trying? I'm not even... Because God's not going to do it for us. This is a relationship, and he wants you to willingly love him. People say, oh, you know, what kind of God would... would Pitch people into hell. He's reached. He's trying his best. That's not something you. He didn't make that for you. The Bible says hell is made for the devil and his angels. God's doing everything he can because we don't have to do. What do I have to do to be lost? No, we are born lost, but we're born fallen in a fallen world. God's doing everything he can to save you. He went to the cross. He came and bled and died to get, keep you from going to hell. He's reaching for you. He, he, he wants you to be saved. He's not hiding himself from you. Sometimes right in front of us. Why is it so hard to just say, you know what? I can, I can give you a long list if you want of things I don't get, I don't understand, I'm not sure I like or agree with. Can you at least just try to talk to the God of creation? Just take some time and pray. Why is it so hard to pray? What would it hurt to just bow your head? To the God that created you. It amazes me sometimes how hard it is when we're just singing about the glories of God and the cross and the beauty of creation and his love for us. Why not just bow your head and say, God, God, thank you for giving me life. Or just say, God, I need some help. I'm I'm confused. See, you know what? If you would pick up Bible and we're going to get to that next and start reading maybe some some prayers that David and some other songwriters wrote in the longest book of the Bible, which is a song book. There's some real honesty. I mean, there's some psalms that you want to talk about darkness and despair and depression and and he's pouring it out to God. God can handle it. You say, well, I'm not really 100% sure I even believe in him. He, he knows and he can handle it. People have tried to shock me almost. God's not shocked and I'm not either. Just talk to him. Amen. I think I've heard Brother Dave give a testimony already that, that he, he came around an atheist. But just saying, okay, God, you know, I feel like maybe if I am wrong, can you... Just try to prove it. Prove me wrong. I said it earlier from from the book of Malachi. The Lord said, prove me now. I'm not talking about something stupid like, you know, okay, if you're, you know, if you're God's, you know, send lightning here at this. No, no, no. no. But if you have an honest heart that says, God, if you're real, I want to know you. If you're real, I want a relationship with you. If you're real, I want to find out what you like, and I sure don't want to make you upset. That makes sense, right? So, I'm telling you, if you could just begin to reach out to God. Prayer is so so simple and so basic. Why is it so hard for people to say, well, I'm not really sure. Well, then just go ahead and talk to God a little bit. Just go ahead and ask Him to, to help you. Maybe you're not sure just how you're going to worship him, how you're going to serve him. Some of that maybe just sounds so. But maybe you just need his help and he's available. But when he comes by to help you, 
And he proves himself. You're going to start loving him. Amen. I think that's what a lot of people are scared of. Amen. Because you know what? If I love him then he, and he's real and he's right, then I got to I got to learn more about him. And the more you learn, the more you know him, the more you're going to love him. Amen. And, and it's unknown and it's different, but it's good. And as a Christian, as maybe some of you uh, come to places in your life and, and you're kind of having some questions about, I just don't know, I feel like I want to feel. I'm not hearing from God like I want to hear from God. I'm not seeing some things happen like I want to see them happen. Ever been there? Right. Yeah, the first thing I would say is, are you talking to God? All right. Oh, of course I pray. Do you really pray? Right. Have you just taken some time, some quality time? You know, I could say, we were talking earlier about uh, my marriage, and I could say, oh, yeah, I talked to her all the time. I asked her when my supper was going to be ready just before we left. No, do you talk with her? Right? right. right? I don't have to explain that. I hope not. Right. If I have to explain what I mean, then you're worse off. Then <laughs> we need to have some Bible studies. What's wrong with that? I thought that was pretty romantic. <laughs> Talking about dinner. Can I tell you that quality time with God? Just getting honest. God can handle that. Read, like I said, if you look at some of these men and women in the Bible that that pray, they pour themselves out to God. Just be real. Be you to God. That's the scariest thing for some people. It's what they're running from. So I don't even know who that is. That's all right. Just draw near to him. But maybe you've been living for God for a while. Let me ask you, how is your prayer life? Can you take some time and really sincerely talk to God? I know sometimes there's there's a lot of ways that people like to sound very religious. And I don't know. I don't think it. it, it uh, I don't think it impresses God. But sincerity does. Sincerity, I, I hear some people, you know, they, they've got their prayer all written out. Yeah. Maybe sometimes they're talking just like, you know, they've, they've got that King James English down. They're, they're going before the Lord with all the these and the thous and the herefores. Can I tell you, just, just, just let him be in the room with you and talk to him. I think some people sometimes they think, you know, if I was really honest with God, I don't think he'd want to hear. I think he's waiting for that. I think he's waiting for you to just quit playing games and be real. Quit using all the excuses of all the things that, you know, maybe Job, maybe, I don't know. Maybe he felt he was a righteous man. Bible called him a perfect man. That was somebody that was real. He was genuine. He was praying for his children. You know what? At the end of Job, he's just, uh, 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 what are you going to say? I uttered things I didn't understand. I don't know everything, God. Now we're back in business. Sometimes Christians need to be put back to where we're weak and teachable. Amen? Sometimes we just let the wrong things stall us. The excuses of just, I don't know, I just don't understand. His ways are far above our ways. Amen. As far as the heavens to the earth. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. 
So my understanding is, is really not impressing God. So, you know, I'm telling you, personal testimony, and I think some testimonies of folks here today, you know what? He starts answering questions. Maybe not in the order we like. He likes to get first things first. He's just that good. He knows how to put things together. I mean, look around. He's done some good work. Amen. Uh, now, we've messed it up a lot, but he's done a great work with everything. And, and sometimes, you know, you're saying, oh, I need to know this answer. And he's putting some other things more importantly before that. Let him do that. He knows what he's doing. Amen. Sometimes we're so distracted. Sometimes we get so busy. We don't realize that it's hindered our relationship. Sometimes we don't realize that God's sitting back there. I remember one time, I've felt it many times. I remember one time during a, a, a worship service, just going back and talking to somebody and saying, you know what? I just feel like God told me to tell you that he misses you. When I'm in church and we're praying and singing, yeah, but misses you. That, that, that sincere connection that you don't have tonight. God loves you and he wants you more than anything else. I'm not saying all the, the, the details aren't important and all the questions aren't, aren't important, but they're not as important as you drawing near to him. And then he begins to work that out. Time in the word of God, it is invaluable. That means it's super, super valuable. You can't put a value on it. The word of God is going to put order in your life where you have all these thoughts. Take some time with it. Pray about it. Get into the word of God and let God. Sometimes we just breeze through it. And how much quality time do you just stop and pray about it? Ask God to give you that understanding. Maybe ask some questions. Maybe dig in a little bit deeper. Give God a chance. I like I heard a testimony a while back. Of a man said he was speaking with an atheist and this atheist had so many things to say to just blast uh, Christianity and blast this man's faith and went on and on. And the man said, have you ever even just picked up a Bible and, and read it? And, and he kind of scoffed and said, no. And he said, that's just pure laziness. If you're going to truly be an atheist, you ought to be very familiar with what you're refuting and be able to systematically turn it down. But he said, you've circumvented the whole intellectual process of coming to a conclusion and just made a decision based on something you're ignorant of. Take some time to get to know the God that has revealed himself to you in his word. You'll find it so good. I want to tell you what, when you open up the gospels and start getting to know Jesus, I like how, how brother Chris talked to somebody about it. He said, it's like sitting around a campfire with Jesus, just getting to know him. I like that. And but that's exactly what it is. Get to know him. Get to know what he's about. Get to know what he's You're going to find out when you start reading about Jesus, you're going to say, oh, that's amazing. And then you're going to say, I wish everybody was like that. And then you're going to say, I guess I'm everybody. <laughs> and then you're going to say, I don't know if I can do that, but it sure is good. I wish I could. I should. And then you're going to realize your own need, your own sinfulness. And then you're going to have to say, can you help me out? <laughs> And you'll find out before he's anything, he's a loving and caring Savior. Yes, That'll help you and guide you. So what would it hurt? What would it hurt just to seek God, to take steps to get to know him? What, what, 
What could it possibly do wrong to you when you're finding things so empty and finding so much hate and hurt and finding so much darkness and, and depression, finding so much anger and so, so many things that are just, just the very basis and God's here saying, let me pick you up and show you what my plan is for you, your best. What would it hurt when we've tried so many things that have damaged us to just draw near to God? Why why are we willing to ingest things that'll mess with our minds and mess with our our health and mess with our families and and not be able to just stop and for free <laughs> without any risk to say Jesus I want to know more about you I need some help Not only like I said, sometimes I feel like we need to just look right in front of us and see, you know what? Uh, I remember when I was just, just felt like everything was real and everything was good. And, and you probably had a very, a very intimate and very sincere prayer life and, and the Bible was real to you. Go back to that. But also look at your life and say, did I let something slip in that maybe was, I knew right well was not God's best for me. The church needs to understand that secret sins, I'm not talking about trying to expose anybody, and, 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 but, you know, you've got to recognize sometimes when we start going our own way and doing our own thing, God's just saying, come on, let's get back on track. God's right there. He wants, you, he wants to show you mercy. He wants to get you going good. But, and you see this, and you know it's damaged your relationship with God, and that's... That's life. That's blessings. And you, you believed a lie. You believed something that said, well, I, I can have a great relationship with God and still have a little bit of sin too. And you find out, oh, it's weighing on you like a heavy load. Sin is never going to help you. And that's why we need to get back to the altar. We need to get back to a place and say, God, search me, try me. I believe he said it in, in, uh, in Psalm 139. Let me turn to it here. It's not in my notes, but we sing a, a hymn sometimes. The end of, <clears throat> well, the beginning of Psalm 139, it says, verse 1, O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou hast known my downsitting, my uprising. Thou hast understands my thoughts afar off. Thou compassest my path and my lying down. Thou art acquainted with all my ways. There's not a word in my tongue. But lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. Thou set me, hast beset me behind and before and laid thine hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain to it. And he starts saying, where can I go? But your spirit's there. I can't run from you. But dropping down to verse 23, says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. See if there be any wicked way in me and lead me. In the way everlasting. Sometimes Christians need to search their hearts. I know we don't believe in condemnation for a child of God, but sometimes condemnation slips in because we've allowed sin to slip in. So we need to be able to be honest with God and say, Lord, is there something in my life that I know you don't love? And I want you to take that out of my life. And I want you to give me what your will is. It's better. It's better. Amen. Praise God. Ezekiel 47. 
is an amazing picture. We talk about our relationship with God. Just seek him. Draw near to him. Pray. Get in the word. Open up your Bible and read it. Search your heart. Make sure there's nothing in between you and God. And now recognize that the more you live for God, the more you give to God, the more you seek God, the more you put your heart into it, the more you're going to get out of it. I love this in Ezekiel 47 earlier this week. I just had this laid on my heart and it's a vision of Ezekiel and he's seeing the power of God flowing out of the temple in this vision like waters, like rivers of water. It says in verse 1, Ezekiel 47, Afterward he brought me again to the door of the house, and behold, waters issued out from under the threshold of the house eastward, for the forefront of the house stood toward the east, and the waters came down and under the right side of the house and the south side of the altar. Then brought he me out of the way of the gate northward and led me about the way without the uh, without unto the other gate by the way that looketh eastward, and behold, there ran out waters on the right side. And when the man that had the line in his hand went forth eastward, he measured a thousand cubits and brought me through the waters. Waters were to the ankles. So what you see here is water just flowing out of the tabernacle, the temple, the place where God is dwelling. And he's saying, let's go out here. And they go out pretty far and it's just up to their ankles. So it says again, he measures a thousand, brought me through and the waters, the, uh, through the waters and the waters were to the knees. Again, he measured a thousand and brought me through and the waters were to the loins. So he goes on and on. Now a thousand is pretty far. Amen. But he keeps going and it just keeps getting deeper and deeper and deeper. It just keeps getting better and better. The power of God, you go and go. If you keep on going, it just keeps getting deeper. And guess what? After he measured a thousand, there, it was a river that I could not pass over. The waters were risen, waters to swim in, a river that could not be passed over. He's just swimming in it. <laughs> He's just getting excited about it. Listen to me. Some of you just starting out. Some of you that have been in this for a while, you keep going. It's going to be, it, it's overwhelming how good it's just going to keep getting better. What I'm saying to you is as you draw nigh to God, keep going. Keep going. There's more and there's greater. And it's just this beautiful relationship with the Lord, this beautiful walk with God. It just gets richer and better. I know there's a lot of Pharisees. I know there's people that are just stuck in the mud. But I'm telling you, when you get in love with Jesus and you just keep on going and you're not worried, you're not ashamed and you're not scared, but you just keep giving more and giving more and giving more of yourself to God. He just blesses more and more and more. Look what it says in Jeremiah 29 in closing. Jeremiah 29. God's so good. And I I just, I just want to say it as you turn to Jeremiah 29. I love preaching to you folks. You're fun to preach to. Love teaching hungry souls. Jeremiah 29. He's talking to some folks that have been in captivity. We're going to relate, re, kind of relate this to us. They've been going through some hard times due to their own, their own problems, their own choices. But guess what? God's so merciful. Jeremiah 29 verse 10, for thus saith the Lord that after 70 years, 
be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you in causing you to return to this place. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. God's got a plan for your life. God's got purpose for your life. He said, you're not in it right now. You're not living that right now. But I'm going to come and I'm going to take you back. And I'm going to put you right where you belong. And I've got thoughts towards you. I've got thoughts of peace for you. You haven't been experiencing peace. You haven't had peace for a long time. But I'm going to give it to you. Listen to this. Then shall you call upon me. And you shall go and pray unto me. And I will hearken unto you. And you shall seek me and find me. When you shall search for me with all your heart, draw nigh to me and I'll draw nigh to you. Whatever situations that have arisen, maybe in somebody's life here today, that have made there be a separation. God's saying, you seek me with your whole heart and you're going to find me. It's not that God's hiding. He's just waiting on you, waiting for it to be important for you. Wait for you just take a little step toward him. Amen. He's, he's such a good God. Can I say it this way? I, I highly recommend just running into his arms. I highly recommend just diving into those waters. But if you've got to take a baby step, you're going to find out God is going to welcome you and start proving himself to you. Amen. He said, I will be found of you saith the Lord. That's a promise. It's not that God somehow you've got to figure out the magic way to try to try to get his attention. No, just seek him. Just be humble and honest and reach out to him. It's really where the heart of it is, though. It's humility. Our pride so often we want to we want to be able to say, I, I didn't need all that. I didn't need God. I didn't need the Bible. I didn't need the the church and the people. Listen, Jesus, seek God. You're going to find out everything he's got for you is just so much better. And he said, I'll, you're going to find me. You're going to find me when you search for me with all your heart. I will be found of you, saith the Lord. I will turn away your captivity and I will gather you from all the nations, from all the places whither I've driven you, saith the Lord. I will bring you again into the place whence I caused you to be carried away captive. Let's bow our heads. God is willing to save. He's willing to show mercy. You can do your best to act like you know better than, than God. But listen, we all need Him. Not one of us here is strong enough or smart enough. We just have come to a place where we said, okay, God. I think every one of us has had our own story of how we've run from him. How we've made excuses to not live for him. Every one of us knows what it's like to have our own pride stand in the way. Questions. Have you ever thought just to ask? Have you ever thought to just ask a question? What's so hard sometimes about people that might just say, you know what's bothered me all the time? For a long, long time, I've never known 
Well, go ahead and ask that question. There's nothing wrong with that. Are you worried that you'll get an answer that makes sense to you? Are you worried that somehow you might be wrong and that you'd have to humble yourself to God and say, I need you, Lord. I need you today. The Bible says count the cost. Jesus made it very clear. He's paying the price. He's shown. He's come all the way to earth. All the way to the cross and to the grave. To prove to you that He wants you to be His. The disciples that watched Him die, we may talk about it, Lord willing, Sunday morning, they watched Him die. But something happened in their lives that they were willing, each one, to lay their lives down and say, I will not turn my back on Him. What about you? You have questions, problems, hurt. Sister Abby sent me something, a little saying in a text message last week after service Sunday night it said Jesus knows what it's like to be hurt by Christians but he still comes back to church hey maybe you've been hurt maybe somebody did you wrong it happens don't give up on God he's never done you wrong God's never done you wrong but he's there to help you he's there to to be a friend to you he's there calling you now dealing with your heart do you feel it do you hear him knocking on your heart's door do you hear him drawing you closer some of you you're in the waters right up to your knees keep on going don't stop now come on this altar's open if you want to come pray god's knocking you see it book of revelation he's knocking at their heart's door i'm drawing he's knocking at your heart's door he's waiting he wants to have fellowship See God. It's my only heart's desire. How foolish it would be in your life not to at least it's my reach out to God in prayer. Desire. Not to try. This is eternal salvation. This is your life. This is your eternal life. God's going to prove himself to you. God's going to show you he's real. I know he already has. He already has. He's going to keep on working in your life. He's met needs. He's kept you safe. He's answered prayers. He's reaching. Oh, in the name of Jesus. profit a man if he gained the whole world and lose his own soul? What would you give in exchange for your soul? Your soul so important to God. Don't lose out on the best friend you'll ever have. The blessings that these men and women talked about tonight in our testimonies. God just showed him 
yourself so real. like me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Seek the Lord. Draw near to Him. If things are getting cold, if things are getting lukewarm, draw near to Him. He's still there. He's still there. He still desires that closeness with each one of us. Thank you, Lord. Can we all stand? Father, thank you. Thank you for this this service tonight, Lord. And thank you for just being with us from the very beginning. Lord, the worship, the testimonies, your presence here right now with us, God. We're just thankful for it, God. Help us, I pray. Lord, I know you'll never leave us. You'll never forsake us. Help us, Lord, to just continue to draw near to you, God. We love you so much, God. Thank you again, Lord. I pray you just work through each and every one of us, Lord, to shine your light. God, to have compassion on those that are hurting. And God, you just keep us safe as we travel, please, Lord. Keep us safe from, Lord, all the all the things that are going on in this world. Lord, keep your angels, Lord God, encamped around each one of your children. We love you, God. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. God bless you, church.